Good morning. Oh, good to see you all the way around. I tell you, we're filling in these pews slowly but surely. <laughs> so welcome to our worship today. Welcome to everybody that's at home. Uh, we're glad that uh, you're doing well this wonderful Father's Day weekend. So we want to extend our, our love and prayers to you. Let's wave to everybody home, okay? Give everybody a big wave where they can see it, okay? <laughs> oh, this is, this is a strange time when, you know, uh, half to two-thirds of those I love aren't, can't be here on a Sunday morning. That just don't feel right for, for the pastor. But we welcome everyone to the Lord's house today in a wonderful time we will have. And it's a time that we honor... Uh, a special group of people in our family, and that is our fathers. Uh, we thank you, gentlemen, for all you do. I, I tell you, it's, it's, a, it's a frightful thing sometimes to know that we're to pattern our fatherhood after the fatherhood of God. That's a scary thing to be sure. And, but fathers, let, please know of our love and appreciation for each and every one of you all. And so let's take a moment. Let's just thank God for these men in our lives. Father, we thank you for our physical fathers because they have meant so much to us. They have given us the pattern to go by. They've set the road markers out there. They've lived great examples before us. Fathers, some of them have failed in first one way or maybe many others. But Lord, we found out as we've grown older ourselves, failing is a whole lot easier than succeeding. So we thank you and we honor those. Father, I pray for those who did not have a father figure in their lives. Lord, there's a huge hole there in each and every person who need that, that, pers- that filling, that very special relationship that they can have with a dad. And so, Lord, I pray for them, but especially I pray that they'll find in you the father that they never had. Lord, you did that in my life, and I just want to thank you for always being there always being the constant in the craziness in my life. And Lord, we just want to honor all of the men that have uh, set such a wonderful example. Lord, when, when you brought me into the body of Christ, that's where I found the examples of manhood and fatherhood. And so, Lord, I want to thank you for all those spiritual fathers that I've had over the years. And many of us would thank you the same thing for spiritual fathers in our lives that have been there for us and set so many examples and taught us wonderfully, prayed for us, lifted us up. And Lord, in all these ways, we want to honor them. But most of all, more than anything else, we want to honor you as our Father. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. We love you today, Lord. May we worship you in spirit and in truth. In your name we pray. Amen. Over the time that we've been kind of confined with our COVID-19, we've not been able to do uh, some very major emphases that we'd like to do during the spring. And one of those in and around the Easter time uh, is our Annie Armstrong Easter offering where we focus on the missions work that we get to do uh, here in North America. And it's a powerful, powerful opportunity for service. You know, when people will leave uh, their family Uh, leave the world that they know and they're comfortable with and go on a mission field. There's something special about that calling. Watch this video with me because many people ask, why would you do this? This video answers that. Sometimes people ask why. Why do we do this? When we came up here, I didn't feel capable because I was scared. Why do we take our families away from places that are familiar and move to places that are far off? My wife was nine months pregnant and we did not know one person who lived in the city. Why do we come to where there's nothing so we can try and start something? The Lord really just, He broke my heart for this city before I stepped off the plane. Why do we stress and strain and struggle and sweat just to make life better for someone else? There's so many people that are broken, that are lost, and it's heartbreaking. Yes, sometimes people ask why, and when they do, we tell them. There's places where the truth hasn't yet reached. We need to share the gospel and reach out our community. We tell them there's a God who loves them so much, He sent us. God spoke to us, broke our hearts for the city, and God's call trumps all. And we tell them, There are people who love them so much. They give, 
so that we can go. When people give uh, to missions, things happen. New believers are getting baptized. New churches are started. So when people ask why, that's what we tell them. We tell them it's the gospel. It's all about the gospel. We have opportunity to participate in our North American Mission Board's uh, Annie Armstrong Easter offering for the next several weeks. So I'm going to ask you to pray about that. Pray about helping us send more and more people all across North America for the purpose of the gospel, to seeing people come to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. We'll be taking that offering today in the next several weeks. So if you'll be praying about that and let God honor our great obedience. If, if you're at home, look, you can just uh, write that on the part of your check, how you want to devise it, uh, drop it off, put it in the mail, whatever. Use our online giving. When you bring up our online giving, you can choose uh, the special offerings as well to give to. So it's good to be in the Lord's house today. I'm so excited about being able to worship with you here and worship with those of you at home. So let's put our hearts together. Stand as we sing together. Who can satisfy my soul? Satisfy my soul, my you, who on earth could comfort me? 
got your Bible, and I hope you do, uh, flip open with me to the book of John. We're going to be in John chapter 17, and I'm going to be reading verses 20 through 26. But before I do that, Tony wanted me to remind you, um, if you do plan on eating this Wednesday, we're having our drive-through meal deal thing. And uh, so call call the church and just put in your order. I'm actually the minister on call this weekend, so I have the phone. If I don't answer it, no, I will answer it. That's the answer, right? I will answer it. Just give your order, uh, your number, and I will get that to Tony. So, John chapter 17, starting in verse 20, God's word says this. I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they may also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one, even as we are one. I and them, and you and me, that they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you sent me, and love them, even as you loved me. Father, I desire that they also, whom you have given me, may be with me where I am, to see my glory that you have given me, because you loved me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, even though the world does not know you, I know you, and these know know that you have sent me. I made known to them your name, and I will continue to make it known, that the love with which you have loved me may be in them, and I in them. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you are, oh God, you are so good. God, that before the foundation of the world, before this, before this rock that we are on right now was even a thing, God, before time even had a place, you already had our redemption in mind through your Son. God, you desired that we be one with you. And God, we have a whole lot of ways of screwing that up. But you've provided the answer to our sin. God, I thank you so much this morning for Jesus. I thank you that through him, we as a church body, we as believers all across the world are one because of Jesus. God, we can have nothing else in common. We can be the most different people from different walks of life, different colors, different creeds, different nationalities. God, but you are our one uniting factor and I thank you so much for that. God, so let us here especially be a church that is known for loving you and wanting to make you known in this world. God, make us one. God, let us kick off our our wants, our desires, God, and put your wants, your desires first. God, so that we can be a church that is known for nothing but loving you and telling the world about you. God, we love you. We praise you. And it's your name we pray. Amen. Faith, our unity as a church, we celebrate the power of Christ Jesus. We see the hand of God, the light of creation's grand design, in the lives of those who prove His faithfulness, we walk by faith and not by sight, by faith our fathers Oh, 
pastor hadn't had the podium twice in a service in a while. Um, we're now coming to the part of our service where normally we would take up our offering, but obviously because of coronavirus and all the different things, we're doing things a little bit different. And so those of you that are here in person, um, on your way out after the service, there will be uh, places in the back for you to put your offering. For those of you that are at home right now watching, first of all, hello. Um, there are ways to give online if you go to our website, fbcvision.com. Or, look, we would love to see you at the office. Come by, drop it off. Um, there's many different ways to give. But I do want to remind everybody why we give. This is not just a time that we just want people's money. This is something that in Scripture God tells us to do. Because we as Christians believe that God has given us everything. Nothing is our own. And so it is our duty as believers to give back to him. Because I don't know about you, but I would be nowhere. I would be nothing without my Lord and Savior Jesus. And so the opportunity just to give anything back, my time, my resources, my money, I just, I want to. There are so many different ministries that are still running full force here at the church, and, and you guys are making that happen. And we are so grateful for that. And we're getting to see God do amazing things through that. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, yet again, God, I just want to say you are so good. And even, even in the midst of this pandemic that we find ourselves in, God, in the midst of everything that we would consider to be normal being thrown off, you are still moving. God, the time that we are online right now, you are reaching more people than ever before. People are hearing about your name because they just got on a computer. God, people are finding themselves in situations that they normally wouldn't be in, and they're coming into contact with you. God, and so I just thank you for being in charge. I thank you that you are in control and not me and not anyone else. God, because you know perfectly what you're doing. And you know perfectly what you are going to do with the things that we give back to you. And the things that you're going to do are going to be so much more than we could have ever thought up. God, so I pray that you would just take this offering that we are about to give everything that we give. God, that it would be a blessing to you and that you would multiply it and do what only you can do. We love you. We praise you. In your name we pray. Amen.
bless my heart so many times. Go again, if you will, to the 17th chapter of John and uh, share with you we're actually coming to the end of a story that's taking us months and months here to do. Uh, I felt led, actually it's been almost a year and a half ago, uh, to begin the process of digging into this last night Jesus spent with those he loved so very much. Then uh, I was out of commission for several weeks from surgery and didn't get started on it until uh, towards the end of March. But God has just opened our eyes so much as to what the Lord was doing to prepare his disciples, but prepare us for the life that we would have to live, sometimes in very difficult, difficult times. Uh, now as we come to verse 17, as we come to the end of chapter verse 17, we're in the final moments of this upper room discourse. After this prayer ends in verse 26, they go out into the uh, Crossbrook Kedron. They go into the Garden of Gethsemane. There, after several hours of prayer, that's when Jesus' arrest happens. Then he's taken all the way to the cross. All of this happens. So right up to this point, this is the last time that they have together in this kind of a way before all of the crazy stuff begins to happen. So we're going to pick up reading with this, um, this prayer. Now, I think it's amazing that Holy Spirit in all of his wisdom chose John and so worked in John's mind that he could recall, recall every word of Jesus' prayer here. And because every word of it is part of God's incredible, infallible word to us. And as so as he overheard Jesus in prayer, he recorded this to where you and I now are overhearing the prayer of the Son of God to God the Father. And now he makes that prayer intensely personal just to you and I. Let me tell you about this prayer again and remind you. It falls naturally into three parts. Jesus started by praying for himself in verses 1 through 5. Then he started praying for those who were right there around him. He was aware they were listening to them, him 
pray. So he was praying for these disciples. And now in these last verses that we're reading, he was praying specifically for you and I, those who would eventually believe in the Lord Jesus Christ because of the testimony of the men in this room. Now, well, as we've looked at this, we've discovered four incredible privileges that are ours that Jesus asked the Father for. In that first section, we learn that we get to share His life. That our life is grafted into the very life of God. That we're like one drop of rain falling from heaven and, and hitting in a mighty rushing river. And we're caught up in everything that is the life of God. Then we found not only that, but we learn His name. And by the name, that means we learn His nature. Jesus spent so long explaining to each and every one of these, these men and then from them to us what the very nature of God was. He exampled that in his own life, but specifically he used the various names and titles of God to help these people understand who God the Father really was. And we learn this again in the prayer, that he's saying, God, this is why you sent me here. This is one of the things that I have accomplished. Then last week we looked at we also share his incredible promises. There were specific promises that Jesus made in this prayer that were going to be ours because he would be going to the Father. Today we find the fourth of these privileges as he brings this prayer to a close. And this is the privilege that we share in his glory. We share in His glory. Now, I hope you have your notes with you. Uh, we sent those out earlier to where you could download those, print them off, have them on your device here with you. You've got them there at home. And so you want to fill in the blanks here as we go. Here, we, we're going to find two major requests that Jesus made and one summation. So let's, let's look again. Uh, uh, read one more. We can't read the Word of God too much. Thank you, Goody, for reading this earlier. But let's read over this one more time. Jesus says, I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. Will you underline that in your Bible? This is where you get to put your name in the blank. This is where you get to put your name right here in the Scripture because you and I are those who have come to believe in Christ because of the testimony of these apostles. We'll dig into that a few more in a few moments. That they may be one, this is so important, he said it already several times, and he'll say it a couple times in this passage. That they may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you. That they may also be one in us. That, in order that, with the results that, okay, that the world may believe that you sent me. And the glory which you gave me, I have given them that they may be one just as we are one. I in them and you in me, that they may be made perfect in one. And that the world may know that you sent me. There it is again. And have loved them in the exact same way as you have loved me. Father, I desire that they also whom you have given me may, may be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory which you have given me, for you love me from before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, the world has not known you, but I have known you, and these have known that you sent me. And I have declared to them your name, and will declare it that the love which you loved me may be in them and I in them. Holy Spirit, you who so anointed John's ears that he could not only hear each and every one of these words, but you anointed his mind that he could record each and every one of these words, and we get to overhear the prayer of the Son of God for us. We just got to pause just a moment and let that soak in. The Son of God praying for us right here, right now, today. Holy Spirit, as you open the heart of the Father to us, we open our heart to you that we may be one, even as you are one. In your name we pray. Amen. Now, in this latter portion of the prayer, Jesus has two requests. And I want to give those to you, and then we're going to take them apart. He requested, Lord, that, that they may be one here, 
that they may have unity here and we might be reunited there. They may have unity here and we may be reunited there. So let's look first at this unity that they get to have here, that you and I get to experience here. First of all, thought one is this. Jesus identifies us as the recipients of His prayers. I pray for those who will believe in Me through their Word, the Word of those who have been right there with Him now for three years. I pray for them. Now, now the Lord's reference here is a balance, and it's a balance that He always likes to keep. And the balance is, on the one hand, that only those who the Father draws to the Son can come to Him, but each and every one of them must express personal faith in God. This is the balance the Scripture teaches. It's not one or the other, it's both and. It makes it incredibly clear that God has to draw those to come to Christ, but the church has a role in evangelism, has a role in reaching out into the world. There's balance in the Word of God. So here, here we're told that these people he's praying for now are those who are going to come to faith because of the preaching and teaching of the apostles. Let me tell you something. You have a spiritual heritage. You have a spiritual family tree. Did you know that? Okay, here it is. Somebody led you to faith in Christ, all right? That person is your spiritual father or your spiritual mother. But then behind that person, someone led them to faith in Christ. And behind that person is someone else that led them to faith in Christ. And you and I can follow when we get to heaven. We're going to be able to follow our family lineage. And as we go all the way back, somewhere where our great, 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 I don't know how many more greats there has to be grandfather or mother, came to faith in Christ because of one of these apostles. That's our family lineage. Okay? So somewhere in your spiritual family tree, you're linked all the way back to one of these men. Isn't that amazing? Because they went forth sharing the word. They were missionaries. Others received the words. Others received the words. And so on through all of these hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years until it's landed right here today. And maybe today is the day you'll accept Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. And your name will be added to the family tree. That's the reality he's giving us right here. The, the early church, when, well, when they didn't have the Bible put together like we do, but they, they would have received a letter from the Apostle Paul. And so the church at Ephesus would have received this letter. And so what do they do? They, they read it there in the congregation. And as they read it and, and preach on the truths of that, then people's lives are impacted and people are saved and people are grown in their faith. And then that letter to the church at Ephesus, it's shared over at Colossae. And it's shared at Philippi. And it's shared at Thessalonica. And, and the, the word that came from Paul then keeps on going. John wrote a gospel. And that gospel wasn't just to one group of people. It was to the church as a whole everywhere. And he wrote that gospel and people would read it and they would come to faith in Christ. They would preach on it. They would teach all the, the, the truths therein. And, and because of that, John's word keeps on going. And it's here even today because it's a part of the inspired word of God. You see, we are those who have come to faith because of the testimony of these men. So that's our first thought. The second thought is this. What was the reason for this, the purpose of this? That we might be one. Look at what it says in verse 21. That they all may be one, okay, as, you're, as you Father are in me and I am in you. And here's the second phrase. That may also may be one in us. That, in order that, with the purpose of that, the world may believe you sent me. Three things he says right here. First of all, the unity he's praying to the Father for is we might have oneness with the Godhead. That we might have oneness with Jesus Christ. Oneness with the Father. Oneness with the Spirit. Now, how does that happen? For those of you who are following along in our discipleship model, the key word right here is the word abiding. 
And in the 15th chapter of John, we took weeks as we studied this, that key word abiding, that's where it comes from. And here, it, it, the word abide means we live in vital, life-giving union with God. So as you and I are abiding in Jesus Christ, as we're living in Him, as we're drawing our life's essence and purpose from Him, as we're living in His Word and communing with Him in faith, there begins to grow a oneness between us and God. And that oneness is the first thing He's praying for. Father, I want them to experience us. I want them to know us, to have this fellowship with us, this oneness with us. And then, what flows out of that? That's the next thing. The oneness you and ha I have with one another. See, the oneness we have, the unity we have in the body of Christ is not because we always think alike. It's not because we're always identical like cookies out of a cookie cutter. That's not where our unity comes from. Our unity comes because from each and every one of this abiding in Christ drawing our essence and purpose and unity from God. And then as we come together, there's unity between us. And it's because of our unity with the Lord. Listen, if you and another believer in Christ are on the outs with one another, hear me, one or both of you are separated from Christ. One or both of you are not abiding closely in Christ. Because if you're abiding in Him, and I'm abiding in Him, we're abiding side by side, and we're finding reason to be together, not reason to be apart. And this is key. Throughout all the ages, when someone comes to faith in Christ, regardless of their race, regardless of their color, regardless of their language, regardless of their nationality, they're baptized into one church by the one Spirit, the Spirit of God. And therein is our oneness. And this is why it doesn't matter where you go, when you gather with believers, there's that sense of unity that you have. Once we gathered uh, on, on a trip to the Holy Land, and we went to the upper room, right where this was happening. We gathered there in the upper room, and there's always people coming and going in there. And we had got over in a corner, and we had a nice little prayer time and a fellowship. And we were just about finishing, and in came a group of, of Koreans. There must have been about, I don't know what, honey, 25 or 30 of them. And they all gathered around in the middle of the floor. And they started praying and singing. And we just all stayed right where we were. Not a one of us could speak a word of Korean. Not a one of us knew the song that they were singing. But there was a oneness in our spirit that was as tangible as you could reach out and touch it. That's because there's a oneness in the body of Christ. Bob will travel all the way over to the Ukraine or many other places where he goes with BTPN. And as he finds believers... It's not dependent on them speaking the language. The unity comes from them all being brothers and sisters in Christ. And where does it come from? Our union with Him causes a union with us. But that union has a purpose. This is the third thought in this sentence. He said, when that unity happens, this world is going to know that Jesus Christ was sent by Almighty God. It's a testimony. When you and I demonstrate our unity in the Lord Jesus Christ, it's bearing witness that God sent the Son for the purpose of redemption. And listen, when there's disunity in the body of Christ. This world looks and says, well, Jesus must not most be the most important thing to them. Obviously, their own preferences must be more important than the sharing of the gospel of Christ. You see, our unity bears testimony and witness in this world. Positively or negatively, it bears witness in this world. Now, there's some features of this unity. I want to share this very quickly. I didn't put these in your notes, but it's in the transcript you can get online. But it, I got to thinking about this a little bit uh, in the latter part of the week after I'd already sent the outline to Roy. Sorry about that, Roy. Uh, and, and this just flowed out of, of what I was reading in the Word. The Father and the Son are united in purpose that God receives the glory. 
when you and I are united in purpose, that everything is about God and about His Word and about seeing people saved, that purpose brings glory to God. And it shows our unity. The Father and the Son were united in their mission that men and women would come to faith in Christ. When you and I make that the point of our spear, sound familiar? The point of our spear. That's why we do what we do. Then God is glorified. Our unity is demonstrated. And the world says, this is a legitimate purpose. This is really why they're here. The Father and the Son are united in truth. When we agree on the truth of the infallible Word of God, and we preach that and teach that and live that, we bear testimony into the truth. When our lives are inconsistent with the Word of God, we're bearing testimony that the Word is not that important. See? The Father and the Son are united in their holiness. And when you and I seek to live obedient, holy, set-apart, sanctified lives unto God. We're reflecting that oneness of the Father and the Son. And finally, the Father and the Son are united in love. And when you and I have our love for one another as our purpose for being together, ministering to one another, seeking a common denominator of love, we're showing to this world, God is love, we are His, and we're love. You see? how the unity of the Father and the Son melts right down to the unity of us within the body of Christ. So the question is, what image are we portraying for the world? What image am I in my individual life portraying for the world? Am I demonstrated my unity with Christ and my unity with my brothers and sisters in Christ to the purpose that God will be honored and glorified and this world will see this is the reason God sent His Son? Or is the image this world is seeing in my life one of disunity and discord? See, this is where it bears witness. This is where it bears witness. So his first request is, Lord, let they be united here. But then he shifts gears and he says, Lord, I want to be reunited there when we get to heaven. I want us to be reunited there. Oh, I like, I like this part. I can get really happy right here. Reunited there. Third thought, here it is. It's glory given. Jesus right here said that the, that the glory that you gave me, I have given them that they may be one just as we are one. So what, what is it? God is glorified. He is honored. He is revered. He is worshipped when people look and see the unity in the body of Christ. Folks, this is so important. There are so many things in life right now that would divide us. There are so many things right now that can divide us. We've got to magnify that which brings us together. We have to magnify this. The world is not interested in seeing what we're against. The world is interested in seeing what we're for. What we're about. And what unites the evangelical church community is the common denominator of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God, born of the Virgin Mary, died the sacrificial death on the cross for my sins and yours, rose again the third day, that we might have His eternal life and has ascended to the right hand of the Father where He ever lives to do what? This, make intercession for us. Pray for us. That common denominator. You know, I can disagree with some of my brother pastors and such on a, on a lot of details. They can be wrong if they want to. But the key is what unites us. What we're together on. What we can agree on. And there's a lot more we can agree on than what we need to disagree on. Those are distinctives. And I like our distinctives. But that should not separate us. To the end, for the purpose that. Not, he said, God, I, I, Father, I don't want you to glorify them. They can walk around and look at me. I'm, I'm glorified. I'm holy. I'm sanctified. Look at me. No, it's not about that. Why do we want to think it's all the way about us? It's not about us. It's about reflecting the glory of God to a world where they say, Wow. Wow. In our devotions this past week as a staff, 
we were reminded of the awful tragedy in the Amish community several years ago where a man who had a lot of his own personal hurt made his way into that Amish schoolhouse, killing some of those children, wounded others, and then took his own life. Made all the headlines, everybody. How horrible, how horrible, how horrible. What didn't make all the news was this. The Amish families of those murdered children went to the funeral of the gunman that took their children's lives, prayed for them, helped pay for his funeral. And the world might not have seen it, but in heaven, God said, that's how I'm honored by my church. When even when they're hurt, they'll come together and do what's right. You see, God honored by His children going far beyond what this world would ever do to do what's right and holy. He gets the glory. And then He says, Father, thought for heaven is promised. I desire that also that those who you gave me might be with me where I am. Boy, I tell you, what's it like for you to think that Jesus Christ is asking the Father, Father, I want Jerry to be with me forever. Father, I want Ruby to be with me forever. That's what the Scripture says He's doing. Praying to the Father. Oh, Father, You've drawn them and they've come to faith in Me. And Holy Spirit has baptized them into the family of God. I want to have forever to grow our relationship. Whew. Let that settle in on your moment. Hear that ringing in your ear as Jesus prays for you. That you would be with Him. That you would be able to see and experience His glory. And that you might be right in the middle of the love the Father has for the Son and the Son has for the Father. Nothing like that. Grandkids were over yesterday and, and it was good, some of them. And, and, and as we were, we were leaving, uh, our, our Kara had to have a group hug. Had to get between me and Valeria, a sandwich hug where we squeezed them there real good. And, and that was a precious, precious moment. But a thought through my, through my head that the Father and the Son weren't spread in the middle to squeeze them real tight. Hold him real tight. Isn't that a precious thought? God, I want them to be with me. I want them to see my glory. But I want them to experience our love that we have for one another. And that the same love that we pour in to them. And after these two requests, then Jesus makes his summation. He kind of brings everything together in these last couple of verses. Oh, righteous Father. Isn't that something? If the righteous Son of God can refer to His Father as righteous Father, maybe you and I should as well recognize His holiness and His sacredness. Oh, righteous Father, the world has not known you, but I've known you. And these have known that you sent me. Here it is, the third time in this passage. God, the, the purpose of all of this we're doing is this whole world may know that you sent me. And I have declared to them your name and will declare it that the love which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. Whew. We've known the Father through the Son because the Son has revealed the Father to us. We've learned the Father through His names and learning His nature. And now we've experienced the same love that the Father had for the Son is now on us. What does it mean to you that the eternal Son of God, even now, according to Hebrews, even now, is praying to the Father for you? The Word tells us in Hebrews that Christ ever lives to make intercession to the Father 
for each and every one of us. Right now, if you just had spirit ears, could you hear the Lord Jesus Christ praying for you, Goody? Lamar lifting your name to the Father. You could hear the Lord saying, Oh, God, how much I love Carolyn. And, and I want her to be with me. To behold my glory and to experience my love. Can you hear the Father is he's listening to his Son? Has there ever been a prayer the Son ever asked the Father that he was denied? And he doesn't deny this one either. The Father's praying this morning, oh, here is that one that as yet has not responded to your drawing, Lord. Here is that one that you've been tugging at their heart and Holy Spirit has been moving even within the circumstances of their lives. And they're hearing the invitation of how much I love them and want them as my very own. Right now, Father, I hope they can hear you as you pray. I want them to come to faith. Even now, Jesus is praying for some, even here today, either here in the room or watching by means of media. The Son is praying to the Father. The Father is drawing. Holy Spirit is working in circumstances. Jesus is saying, here I am. I want to be your Savior and I want to be your Lord. You cannot escape the prayers of the Son for you right now. Will you pray with me? Father God, I'm just overwhelmed to the point of tears that my Lord Jesus Christ, who died on the cross to take my sins upon Himself, who rose again on the third day that I might have eternal life, is even now standing at the right hand of You, Father, and even now, even now, whispering into your ear, this is our child. This is my brother. He's not perfect, but we love him. And, and I, I've claimed him as my very own father. And I want him to be with me in heaven to experience my glory to experience our love. Oh, oh Jesus, I hear you. I hear you interceding. I hear you praying. I hear you praying for each and every one of us here today. Praying for the lost soul that they'll give their life to you right now. Praying for the one that has rejected you for so long, but right now their heart has grown tender. And they sense the tugging on their heart. And right now they just want to cry out, Oh God, I confess that I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. Right now I dare to believe that when you died, it was to take my sins upon yourself. And when you rose, it was so I could have your life. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Cleanse me. Forgive me. Fill me with Your presence. I want to turn away from doing life my way. I, I, I want to do life Your way. I give my heart, my life, all I am to You. Father, I thank You when I prayed that prayer. And so many in this very room prayed that prayer. You heard it and You would never ever deny it. And You washed us in Your blood and You cleansed us and You've called us into Your family and You've forever given our name written in the Lamb's book of life. I pray this morning that we can worship You in spirit and in truth. That those who want to come to faith in You will take this opportunity to pray. And that Your will might be done. In Christ's name, Amen. If you prayed that prayer with me, I want to ask you to give us an opportunity to share with you about it, Lord. If you've asked Christ to come into your heart and you prayed with you, or you want to know more about what that means, in just a moment as we start singing, I'm going to ask you to come and sit on one of these front rows. 
Goodyear, I want to be with you in just a moment. Because of the coronavirus stuff, we'll keep our distance and have our mask on and all that good stuff. But if you'll plan on coming, maybe, maybe you want to just come to the altar and just worship the Lord for how much He loves you. Please feel free to do that. This altar has been real scrubbed. It's, uh, it's clean and you can come and join your tears with so many of the rest of ours. Maybe you want to be a part of this church family. And God's led you to come. Come and sit on the front row. We'll be right with you in a moment. But right now it's time to do business with God. Will you stand as Ed leads us in this invitation hymn? It's God's invitation to you to say yes to Him right now. Will you come? We are one in the Spirit. We are one in the Lord. We are one in the Spirit. We are one in the Lord. And we pray that our unity may one day be restored. And they'll know we are Christians by our love, by our love. Yes, they'll know we are Christians by our love. We will walk with each other. We will walk hand in hand. We will walk with each other. We will walk hand in hand. And together we'll spread the they'll know we are Christians by our love. And I have loved being with you today. What a joy it has been to be in the Lord's house together. Now suit up, okay? <laughs> Put your mask back on. We're about to be dismissed. Keep your distance as you go. Keep on washing those hands. Hey, have we told you, have we told you yet? The, Debbie has taught us a prayer. Okay, Debbie has taught us a prayer, so here I'm going to give it to you, and this is our prayer, okay? It's simply this. Wash your hands and say your prayers, because germs in Jesus are everywhere. Okay? So that's going to be... God bless us as we go this way, and we might be partners in what you're doing all over this world. And Jesus, thank you for your prayers. In your name we pray. Amen. God bless you.